For a long time, I had experiences where I felt like, oh, you know, this was so challenging. Why, why did this happen? Why did this happen? But then as I started to reflect and think about, you know, how did these experiences that I had prepare me to be in service to others or prepare me on this journey of how I can use hardships or grief or loss and transform it into something that is positive. You know, I think of this verse from the Quran that's uh, something like we created spacious paths thereon for you to walk. And I think we all have so many ways in which we can explore and think about our own journeys and to really reflect on, you know, what are the ways in which everything that I've done and everything that I've experienced up to this moment has kind of led me to where I am now. But it's really everything that we've kind of experienced through life is a sign and a guide and a guidepost pointing us toward a path is really like the driving force behind that. Why is it that we stay put in positions that our minds and even our hearts want a way out of? You're listening to Unsween and Unfilter the Podcast, episode 21 of season 3. It's no secret or miraculous discovery to know that we all have a purpose, but the most difficult part is figuring out what our purpose is and how to better align it with our passions. Recently, I have found myself at a crossroads, one that many others have discovered along their own life's journey. It's the intersection of fulfilling our life's purpose and choosing the path that best fits with our intentions. This topic brings me back to the question of who am I? Who am I stripped of all of my labels? The label of being someone's sister, friend, daughter, and etc.? I found myself dissecting this question, and the reason why I hesitate in answering it for myself is simply out of fear. What I mean by this is that to understand who I am, I have to pave my own path, a path that no one else has ventured onto before. And so in today's episode, I sit down with Alex Fox, the founder of Origin of Mind, to discuss what it means to align our purpose in life with our passions. Alex is someone who I had the pleasure of crossing paths with on the app Clubhouse, where she has created two of the largest Muslim clubs which gave us all a platform to foster discussions surrounding faith, relationships, women empowerment, and so much more. Alex and I may not be experts on this topic, but we each come with our fair share of personal life experiences and hardships that we have overcome, a laundry list of obstacles that we have faced in our own career paths, and so we believed it was necessary to have more dialogue surrounding the idea of setting our intentions, understanding the role that our hardships play in figuring out our purpose, and so much more. We all want to be remembered for something, or to leave somewhat of a legacy behind, and I can't help but to want it to be so deeply tied to my faith, whatever it may be. We all inherently want to leave goodness behind us wherever we go, so why not start with understanding who we are at our core? Let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alex. I'm super excited about this topic of aligning our purpose and our passions. And I feel like as we're always evolving, our passions are always evolving and there's always room for realigning our purpose to our passions. So before we dive into this very interesting conversation, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners, inshallah, and then we can get right into it. Yeah, thank you so much, Dunya. I'm so excited to chat with you. So my name is Alex. I am a software engineer. I also am the founder of Origin of Mind. We are a lifestyle brand that's focused on creating collections around specific social issues. So our mission is really to highlight different things that are going on in our communities around us and raise awareness and support for these different causes. Recently, I've also been doing a lot of thinking on this question of how to better help people, myself, my friends, so many people that I see that are kind of going through this problem of how do we align our personal values and our purpose with the work that we do on a daily basis. So that's kind of the project that I've been working on most recently and something that I'm really excited to chat about today. I'm excited about this conversation and you are somebody who I've met through Clubhouse and I was always so intrigued by the conversations you were holding, the discussions you were holding. They were just so interesting and it was just such a beautiful community that you and KM created. And when it comes to just aligning our purpose and our passion, when did it first matter to you? And why I asked this is because I had this like reckoning when I was maybe in my third or fourth year of becoming an accountant or I was already an accountant. I was already working at a firm and I don't know if it was the fact that there 
there wasn't a lot of like face-to-face interaction or what it is. I just felt so cut off from my community. I was so, I felt cut off from even myself at times. And I was like, am I aligning my purpose with my passion? And is accounting my passion? You know what I mean? So there's like a lot of questions surrounding every life choice that we make. But in regards to this, when did you start to realize like, this is something that I really want to delve a little bit deeper into. And I know other people are also struggling with this. Yeah, I think probably just in the past few years, um, potentially even more recently, as far as having giving it really intentional thought, but I started working in tech, you know, after graduating college. And it was kind of like a lot of what I aspired to was just really influenced by what was kind of seen as being a position of importance or being a position of power or, you know, being successful. So when I started in tech, I didn't really have a good understanding or even like really strong sense of what exactly my role was there and what I wanted to do. But in San Francisco, like product management was a really, really popular profession as far as a lot of times it was seen as the role that kind of drove the direction of the product in the company or had a lot of weight in terms of kind of what that meant in that environment. So that was like what I wanted to do for for those reasons. And I think in the past few years, I've realized like, you know, this is a career and a profession that I've basically created for myself because of what other people have kind of made it out to be or uh, because it's kind of like this thing that I think is meaningful, but is it actually meaningful to me? And I think in the past few years, as I've been more privileged to really think about what companies that I want to work with and why and what is the actual thing that I want to spend my time doing, I've been able to craft a lot more a lifestyle, a career that I feel really meaningful about and I feel really comfortable in. So I think it's been relatively recent for me, but now the more that I think about it and when I compare, you know, how much more aligned I feel like spiritually aligned, professionally aligned um, than I did maybe a couple years ago or at the start of my career. It's something that I just feel like everyone should be able to do work and spend time doing things that they love and that is also meaningful to them. So yeah, I would say relatively recent, but something I'm starting to think about more and more. I feel like it was the pandemic that allowed us to sit back and look at our life. Like it's almost like I was watching a movie of my life and like where it's headed. And I was really contemplating a lot of things. Like I felt like in that moment, in that last year, when we're going through what we were going through, I felt like there was a lot of things that I really want to shift and what I want to change in my life. And one of them being my career path, because oftentimes we're just so excited about getting a job, especially coming straight out of college. We were so excited to even just get hired. It's it's honestly a blessing in itself. But then you don't realize like this is the same company that you're spending at times 40 plus hours a week like you probably spend more time at work than you do at home and that's going to do something to you if you don't feel like you are like you said spiritually aligned or even just like you feel like your purpose is also kind of like intertwined with your passions and sometimes yeah when we do find a career is it a career that we're passionate about or is it because there's just so much hype around it for me accounting is it's an incredible job it's very stable and I felt like it was a very safe route and at that time in my life, I felt like everything was hectic. And this was the only thing that I felt like was very stable. And that's why I chose that route. And now I feel like I've evolved into a completely different person. As we're evolving, as we're growing, our passions are going to change. They're going to shift. It's going to look different. Our needs and wants are going to look different. I kind of want to take it a little bit a step back. Like, what does it mean to align our purpose with our passion? How does one do that? Because I, I feel like I just got from you that this is something that you're working on right now and you're, you feel like you've achieved and or in the process of achieving. So how does one feel like their purpose and their passion is aligned? Like, is there an aha moment or is there something a little bit deeper that we have to dig for in order to align these two things? Yeah, I think for me, it kind of starts with this idea of reflecting on your past and your journey, like the good and the bad and thinking about how has it prepared me for where I am today and for what I need to do. For a long time, I had Uh, experiences where I felt like, oh, you know, this was so challenging. Why why did this happen? Why did this happen? But then as I started to reflect and think about, you know, how did these experiences that I had prepare me to be in service to others or prepare me on this journey of, you know, how I can use hardships or grief or loss and 
transform it into something that is positive or or creative. And I think it, you know, I think of this verse from the Quran that's Allah says something like, we created spacious paths thereon for you to walk. And I think we all have so many ways in which we can explore and think about our own journeys and to really reflect on, you know, what are the ways in which everything that I've done and everything that I've experienced up to this moment has kind of led me to where I am now. And when we think about, you know, science, it's not just verses from the Quran or, uh, you know, people that we come into contact with, but it's really everything that we've kind of experienced through life is a sign and a guide and a guidepost pointing us toward a path. And I think being able to reflect on our own journeys, especially on our hardships and on those, you know, triumphs that we have to be able to start crafting our own story is, is really like the driving force behind that. That's an interesting perspective because I feel like in my life, what shapes me are my hardships. And I think I say this over and over again on the podcast, but I think this is something that everybody realizes at one point or another that the hardship that you're going through is creating this new version of yourself, this version that would have never existed ever if you didn't go through that hardship. And I'm not saying that it's okay for all the pain that you've had to endure or anything like that. Nobody's really saying that, but it's just like, subhanAllah, how strong we are that we can overcome the things that have been thrown our way, especially like very, very difficult obstacles. Do you mind sharing maybe a hardship that really did transform you and kind of like made you evolve into thinking the way that you're thinking right now into like looking at your life as more a little bit deeper, like focusing your lens on what's really important. Because I think for the longest or when we're younger, I think we're just going with with emotions. We're not really thinking for ourselves. People are making decisions for us and we're okay with that. Internally, I don't think we are, but we just kind of like we're very passive about it. But I think the more hardships that I went through, the stronger I became and the more I felt like like I had agency over my own voice, over my own choices. And I started to look at life a little bit differently. Like Allah didn't create me just to wake up, work my nine to five, come home, eat dinner and go to sleep and do that again tomorrow. I'm like, there's absolutely no way my creator decided to wake me up and give me a purpose. And my purpose is just to work a nine to five. How can I put myself, like you said, in a position to serve others? But what are some hardships that like kind of that was a reality check for you that kind of woke you up to living a life with more meaning? I mean, first, subhanAllah, I think I think what you shared is really powerful. I think recently I've been trying to be a lot more open about my life and about how my personal narrative and personal journey have shaped my thinking because, you know, just from the way that I learn from others, it's so important to me to kind of learn about how their story shapes their views and informs their work. And I think, you know, I'm starting to understand that that can be a powerful part of my own work as well. But it's funny because I, I started writing recently. So I've been writing kind of, you know, about experiences that I've had and I wrote this whole essay about this friendship and I was reviewing it with some peers for feedback and they were like, you know, you're writing about grief and you're writing about loss, but what do you know about grief or loss? And in my mind, I was shocked because I was like, oh, I thought this whole story was a story about my mother's death and me like searching for her in like this friendship. And then I realized I'd written like 20 pages and never mentioned my mother died. And I think it's because for me, it's such a huge part of my life. Like when I wake up, when I do things, it's like, I know this is my life. And it, and it's such a thing that I'm reminded of every day that I didn't even realize like, oh, I've written this whole thing and, and never mentioned it. All that is to say, I used to when I was younger, my mom died when I was 12. And I used to for a long time feel like I would, there's nothing I love so much in my life that I wouldn't give it up to be with my mother. Like I would think, you know, everything, whatever I've had, and uh, you know, a, a lot of times it wasn't a lot, I would I would think there's no relationship, there's no learning that I wouldn't rather that she was here with me knowing that, you know, that means my life would be completely different. But I think after a while, maybe like, you know, after college and probably more recently as as I've gone into my um, later 20s, I realized that pretty much everything about who I am and what I believe has been shaped by this. Before my mother died, we weren't like super well off. And then after she passed, it was really, really difficult. It was like a lot of struggle trying to figure things out by myself. I lived with my sister. And I think a lot of the ways that I 
have empathy and am able to care about others or like care about inequity is a result of those years that I that were really really hard and really really painful for me and I think without that I would be honestly a completely different person I don't know if I would even ever have felt called to speak up about inequity I don't know if I ever would have felt like this was something that you know mattered to me so that is one thing where I feel like it's taken me a while to really understand why this had to happen for me to be who I am. But now that I've kind of started to think about it this way, it's really something where I understand and am now looking for the ways in which my grief and my pain and the things that I had experienced were necessary to kind of bring me to where I am today. I think that was so beautiful what you just shared, Alex. Loss isn't something that's really easy to talk about. I don't think it'll ever be easy to talk about, especially when it's one of your parents. I think that's a pain that's very unimaginable that I can't even put myself in your shoes. And for you to share that, I really, really want to thank you because um, you said something so powerful. It's really hard to share parts of you. I, I just realized this recently that when I share something about myself, I can never take it back. It's out. It's in the public. It's never going to ever be private again. In a world where being public and being relevant is kind of like it's pushed into society to talk about your pains to talk about your scars and your wounds and stuff like that but I'm learning how to not speak from an open wound and to speak more from a healed wound and I think for you to sit here and to share that with me I think it's so beautiful and I commend you for it it's so hard in the moment when you're going through a loss to think that you'll ever gain something from it it's a loss and it'll always be for you labeled as a loss but subhanAllah with Allah's guidance things start to unravel and you start to notice the ease within the hardship and sometimes that ease is just a new version of you being birthed and a version of you that is being of service to others because I find you as somebody who is a pillar in our community you've done so much mashallah like just even holding conversations in itself is incredible and I know you do a lot behind the scenes and you're not somebody that toots their own horn I just know that about you because you are a beautifully private person and I think that's also strength in itself to be private in such a public world I really really hope that your mother enters the highest of heavens and inshallah, Ya Rab, she somehow is looking down on you and sees what a beautiful woman that she has given birth to, somebody who she has raised. And I know you lost your mother at a young age, but subhanAllah, like her imprint is still on your heart and her ability to still raise you is still possible, mashallah. And it's through her guidance and what you remember of her and her memory is what's continuing to shape you. And I really want to thank you for sharing something so deeply personal because grief for me, even just me personally, is not something that's easy to talk about. I don't think it's easy for anyone to talk about. So for that to be your backdrop of who you are and what you're doing and why you even want to hold this conversation, I think is very powerful. And I think I really just on behalf of everyone want to just thank you for sharing that. I don't think, you know, we ever kind of like sit down and think about our hardships too often. I think we kind of run away from them. But sometimes if we really, really want to get down to the deepest layers of who we are and what our purpose is and what we want to do in this dunya, we kind of have to face our our hardships, we have to face these obstacles as hard as they are. Nothing's more powerful than having Allah on your side while you're on this journey of figuring yourself out and figuring life out in general. That's something that I really wanted to share with others. And I'm so thankful that you did that. Do not allow your hardships to kind of weaken you or make you feel like you're not good enough or what is the purpose of life. It's going to give you a purpose at one point or another. And I hope I'm making sense to people. Again, loss and grief is not something that's easy to talk about. I think everybody has their own version of it and how how they overcome it. I want to kind of talk about like, just in general, like our fate. Is it possible that we can deviate from our fate? Is it possible that you were not able to sit down and face your hardships and, and think about your mother and write about your mother? Was it possible for you to always ignore that and kind of like deviate from this course? Like, how do you feel about that? Because I think that sometimes in a way it used to scare me, like, what if I'm not on the right path? But then I really realized like, you know, what? as long as I always have conversations with Allah, as long as I always make dua for myself, as long as I always pray, I feel like there's no such thing as being at the wrong place or wrong time. I feel like I'm always at, in the right place in the right time, as long as I'm always seeking Allah's guidance. But it might be just a little bit deeper than that. How do you feel about that? Have you ever felt like you were deviating from your life path, from your faith? That's a really good question. So I don't know how I feel about this word fate, because um, I think it carries a lot of different connotations to different people. But I strongly, strongly believe that 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us and especially those who are seeking him and who are kind of reaching out and searching for him and asking, you know, for his guidance. I think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a plan for each of us. And when I am most in tune with what that is, and by that I mean I'm asking and I'm searching for guidance and I'm looking for signs and I'm looking for the ways to help inform me and these, you know, whether it be people in the path or books that are placed in my way or just, you know, something that I've seen and I'm like, oh, that's something that I need to make noise about or that's something that I need to give support behind. I think when you are open toward and receptive toward Allah, He is going to help guide you in your path and your journey. And I think that's also what I mean by looking at where you've come from and understanding and looking for the ways in which it's kind of leading you to the work that you want to do. Because I think this doesn't have to be world changing, Nobel Peace Prize winning work. I think being kind, being, you know, motherhood might be your path, being a great mom, raising beautiful children, being able to like inform and help lead and guide the next generation of lives. Like there's so many different ways in which we can kind of manifest into our journey. But I think the important thing is understanding what is true for you, what is true for me is going to be so different from the next person. And I think it's a blend of like, what is it that you feel what gives you joy and also what gives you pain? I think there's this question. I know we've both read the book. We had a conversation with author uh, Ahawa and uh, she has this line in her book where it's a quote from, I think maybe Picasso or some other um, artists. And it's like, what breaks your heart the most? And I think that's such a great question to help guide you in like, what is the work that you truly feel called to? Like, what is it that when you see you're like, I will not survive if, if I don't have a hand in helping to fix this injustice or I will not be able to continue if, if I don't help to alleviate this oppression. So for me, what I see as the ways that I'm kind of able to course correct when I feel like, oh, I'm when I feel lost is like, what is it that those activities that I do that give me joy, like whether it be writing or coding or things I'm doing where when I'm doing them, it feels like I'm flowing rather than I'm, you know, like working. And then on the other side, what are the things that like pain me? What are the things where I see in the world that I'm like, I need to be a part of the solution and direct my energies there. So I think it's really a blend of like, what are your passions? What are your, you know, truths, not necessarily strengths, like maybe I might be good at something that doesn't bring me joy and isn't something that I love. So like, what are the activities that are really true to you? And then how do you direct those activities into areas that you feel like you need to be helping to alleviate or helping to create or helping to inform? That's such a great question. I forgot about that line in that book. I'm telling you that book is one of my favorites and it's so true. Like what breaks the, your heart the most? I think something that I personally struggled with is I think because we have the world at the tips of our fingers, literally like you open your phone and you know everything that's going on in the world. We want to be the superhero of everybody, of every any trauma we're trying to carry. And I think Allah didn't build us that way to be able to handle every trauma in the world. And sometimes I think we kind of like skip so many steps. And I think sometimes you have to start within your own community, maybe even starting with your own family. Like how can you put yourself in your own words, a position to serve others? Start with your family, then start with your community. You start from the very inner and then you move outwards. And I think sometimes you kind of want to like jump and like save the entire world, which it would be amazing. It would be incredible, but there's only so much that we can do. And I think it's beautiful that you, we start to assess what we do on a daily basis and how we can better serve others and the things that we're already doing and what does bring us joy. And you're right about the, our truth. It's like, what is something that really brings us happiness? It's not sometimes always our strengths. Like I can be great at calculating numbers and crunching numbers, but that's not my passion. I feel like there's other ways that I can position myself to serve my community. I think something that a lot of people struggle with is their own personal vision. I think a lot of times we still have outside voices and outside opinions still formulating our own choices, even if we've reached adulthood, even if we feel like we're making our own choices. Something that I feel like is almost like 
almost like Inception. I don't know if you ever watched that movie, but I feel like, okay, I want this. But is it because I truly want it? Or was it because I was conditioned all my life to want it? How are you able to kind of have a clear vision and a clear path for yourself, Alex? Like, do you have any advice for even just like younger women out there that are still trying to like, I guess, pave their own path and make their own decisions on their own without anybody else kind of like stepping in and telling them what to do? Because I think at least for me personally, I felt like I've always been told what to do. And I've always been guided and I've always had guardrails, which is a good thing. Honestly, there's always a benefit to that. But at the same time, it's like, who am I at my core? Like, who am I stripped away from all these identities of being somebody's sister, somebody's friend, somebody's daughter? Like, what is it that I want from my life? And I only have one chance at this beautiful dunya. Like, what is it that I want? Who am I at my core? Yeah, that's such a great and deep question. And I think for me, what you said about we're getting so many different inputs all the time from our families, from our communities, from our workplaces. And I think being able to strip out that and remember that, you know, the only one whose judgment we should really care about is Allah is really difficult and something that I really still struggle with. Like sometimes I'll catch myself remembering like, oh, am I doing this because I think it would be cool to work with this person? Or do I, am I doing this because I, you know, it's going to make a meaningful change in, in X, Y, and Z way. I think that's really difficult and requires a lot of like practice and reflection and like removing these expectations of us. And like you said, it's really hard when we're always on social media. And, you know, I love, I love when people share and celebrate their wins, but it's so easy when that happens to compare it to our own selves and be like, oh no, I'm not doing this or I haven't achieved that yet. Or, you know, she's younger than me and, and she already has X, Y, Z. So I think that a lot of it is just stepping back and having those inner conversations with Allah and remembering like at the end of the day, everything that we're doing is not for the people around us to impress them, but it's really the only one that we should care about impressing is Allah. I struggle sometimes and I don't have the right answers of these feelings of you know, a lot of times, is it is it wrong to do things out of love or compassion toward others if we want, you know, our parents to be happy with our choices or our careers? So I think it's really challenging. And I think part of the conversation, too, that I don't think we have is like having that conversation with the people that we do feel like we're trying to please in a way that doesn't benefit us or them. And I'm hopeful that as we start to become adults, as we, you know, start to raise next generation of leaders and the future, we can be in a place where we're more open to have those conversations between us and within our families, within our communities to understand what are we truly like expecting of people? What are we requiring of them? And are we allowing them to kind of flourish and find their own way in the way that makes sense for them and everyone else? <laughs> Yeah, because I think I've had to have these conversations with my own parents. You know, it's never too late to change your life path or anything like that. And I felt like majority of my life I was living it for my parents, which there's, I guess there's not much wrong with that because you do want to please your parents, especially when your parents have been good to you. You know what I mean? I'm talking about healthy relationships with your parents. But now I'm at the point in my life where it's like, okay, no, I'm an adult. I want to make my own life choices. Like I kind of want to live my life for me because I feel like we're in this like vicious cycle of always living our lives for somebody else. Our parents are living their lives for maybe their extended family and what they think of them. And then I'm living my life for what my parents think of me and then so on and so forth. And it's like, is anybody living their truth? Is anybody living their life for themselves? And is it possible to live your life, make your own choices and still make your family happy? And I think, yes, it is possible. I think it's going to take a little bit of resistance, a little bit of more strength and bravery to stand your own ground and not have anybody support you in the beginning. But at the end of the day, I think when you're doing everything for the sake of Allah, it always somehow just comes back full circle and everything always ends up just working out, working itself out. Maybe this is kind of like a part two to the question, but like, how can we weave all work and relationships around our vision? Like, how do we welcome our loved ones into seeing our vision? Like, how do we still keep those healthy relationships, but also set up boundaries to make sure that we're still achieving our vision while still having our family support us, but not allowing their resistance to our idea kind of like make us quit. I think a lot of times when we're like, you know, on this path that's hasn't been paved 
paved before for us and and we're the first ones to pave it it can get a little bit scary it can get a little bit lonely so how do we invite our family and our friends onto this path and onto our our vision i think that's something that's really important i think that's something that i personally stress about a lot it's like i don't want anybody to be unhappy but at the same time i don't want it to come at the expense of my own happiness either for me personally i feel like I have a very different perspective on this and and somewhat of an easier time because my parents aren't (laughs) in my life. But one thing that really, really changed my perspective recently as I was thinking about the second part of your question, which is how do we align all aspects of our life with whatever we feel like, you know, we're called toward and also what we're called toward might change in the course of our lives, which is also beautiful and amazing and completely okay. But one thing that really changed my life recently in thinking about this is I feel like growing up, I had like a terrible relationship with money. Like it was something that it was like the course of all our problems, like not having it, this and that. And and it just like my relationship with money was so like transactional and also like kind of filled with fear, this like fear of, you know, being without or, or, um, you know, having days with where suddenly you don't have enough. And I think recently I had a shift toward thinking about our like work. A lot of times we separate our career economic activities with all the other aspects of our life. And I've actually recently been thinking about ways that I can reconcile that. And instead of thinking about my work or my income generating activities as separate from my like, you know, relationship building or other activities, I've started to think about them all in the same context and all in the context of how are they working in kind of the larger sphere of what I what I believe in and what I want to do. And I think one thing that was really helpful for that was this reframing of money as and like another type of exchange, like the same way that we exchange energy and we exchange information with each other, we exchange support and community, we can exchange money. And I think that was really transformational for me because I had never thought of it in terms of, you know, just another way of kind of exchange and interaction. And when I started thinking about this way, another exercise that I did was to kind of like list out what are all the things that I love, right? Like I, I talked about this a little bit before, but I love, I love to dance. I love moving. I love, I love to write. I do enjoy like coding. I do enjoy this. And like of, of all these things that I love and can do, which of these could I exchange for money? And then of that list, what are the, which of those would I actually want to spend time? And I think by going through that exercise, I'm like, okay, there's so many ways that I can earn a living because everyone needs that. And that's not a bad thing. There's so many ways that I can do that. And then identifying the ones that like bring me happiness and I feel aligned with. I think that's kind of the key. I think what's challenging sometimes, and I totally get the inclination from people to separate and minimize their work life because a lot of times, you know, we're forced into these careers and these professions that are not fulfilling, that are not creative, that don't respect the individual as like a fully fledged human being in in that role. But I think when we start to shift and think about how can we create for ourselves positions and roles and, and work that is aligned with our broader vision, then we don't have to have it so separate. We don't have to have it be like, you know, this is what I do in my personal life. And then this is what I do for work. But rather, we can have all of our activities, whether it be, you know, things that we do for to earn our living or um, relationships that we're building or ways that we're serving in the community, we can have all of that be part of kind of our broader life story of, you know, what it is that the way that we're contributing. I think that's so interesting because I think like even just me personally, I feel like I compartmentalize everything instead of allowing things to be a little bit more fluid. I don't know if it's just the side of me that likes to be in control of everything and making sure everything's organized or whatnot. But I think, yeah, we compartmentalize everything. But how can all these things that we have in our life, how can they be fluid and how can they even serve each other? How can our work, economic work, serve our passions? And how can our passions serve our work? Like, how can we continue to just like be on this path of 
understanding that we're continuously evolving, that life is always evolving and that our work life balance, all that stuff. Like I understand like a lot of people always talk about work life balance, but what about like work life fluidity? Like I harmony. think that's yeah. harmony, even a better word. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like how can we have just harmony? I mean, it's, it's hard to have a complete perfect balance. There's no such thing. You know what I mean? You're not in control of everything. How can we put ourselves in a position to be self-aware enough to the point where we can deviate from what doesn't serve us? For the better portion of this episode of this conversation, we've been talking about how to kind of like align our purpose with our passion, but how do we deviate and how do we remove ourselves from situations, from potential even work possibilities that just don't serve us? I think oftentimes, like I, I think I began this conversation with, hey, like as a college student, you take any job that comes right at you. But like, how can we slowly like get ourselves to the point where we know what it is that we want and we know what it is that's not going to serve us in the long run? Is this something that you've ever gone through where you felt like you had to actually cut yourself or remove yourself from a situation that did not serve you whatsoever? Yeah. Wow. That's such a great question, Dunya. I think one thing that I think about a lot and I'm still forming this and, and, you know, working on this in my own life. But I think having and choosing your companions with intention can be really, really powerful. You know, I think, you know, we even with the Prophet we talk about, you know, Sahaba and how much that was just vital in his being able to kind of build this community and share this knowledge. And I think being really intentional about finding people and maintaining relationships is hugely essential to any time where you're starting to have these like doubts and questions questions and fears. I think a lot of times, for me at least, I've ended up doing things and making decisions out of fear. Maybe it was like, I'm afraid if I don't take this job, I won't have another opportunity or if I'm afraid I would do this. And I think having support and community is so essential for making us feel like we have some freedom to take a leap of faith or to explore, especially when we cultivate that community in a way that they're kind of supportive of us and not just who we are in terms of like our career or our name, etc. Oftentimes, are under this illusion, especially in the States, where we kind of feel like, oh, we have to do it all ourselves and achieve everything alone. But that's so untrue. (laughs) I've literally never achieved any single thing by myself. There's always been like multiple people behind the scenes in their different roles, helping, pulling, pushing. And I think being able to consciously build up those communities and you know, actually invest in them and think about ways that you are kind of all growing and learning and building together is is really, really essential because one, we're not alone. And then two, you have this feeling of, you know, being part of a larger something. And I think that's kind of the first step in then expanding that mindset to think about even outside of the people who I've intentionally built these networks with, and how do I think about myself as a part of this like global ummah or this global community? Thank you for sharing that, Alex. And you brought up a good point about intentionality. And I think when it comes to me personally, again, like just this is from my point of view, I think it's really, really important that anytime you want to start a project or anything, even a relationship or friendship or whatever it may be, I think you should have a solid intention because there are going to be times on your life journey or on your path or whatever you want to call it, where things are going to get really, really difficult, where you're going to be on the verge of quitting, where you think that, you know, even just like the whole idea of imposter syndrome, where you think that you're not good enough. But I feel like every time that I start a project or anything that I start that it's new, I always make sure that I have an intention or I guess you can call it like a mission. And I think like just for example, for even this podcast, the intention behind this podcast was always to just help anyone that's struggling behind closed doors. Anybody that feels like they're alone in whatever it is that they're going through. Like I want these conversations to help those individuals. So anytime I feel like things get just too overwhelming, I always go back to that. Like, why did I create this? Why did I want this in the beginning? Why was I so excited about this project? And I like dive deep right into it, like head first. Like what is it? And I always bring myself back to that. And then it kind of like allows me to recalibrate and renew my intentions and everything in between. And I think it's just such a beautiful way to start any project. In a way, it almost kind of aligns you with Allah too. You know what I mean? To always make sure like your intentions are very sound and they're they're done for the sake of Allah. I think everything that we do in life should be done for the sake of Allah. And, and if you do things in that way, 
it's always going to be fruitful, subhanAllah. I, I think it's incredible too that you talked about, like I think in the very beginning about impressive work versus work that you love. And I think that you've touched upon this. Is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to that? Because that's something that we also have to kind of like make sure we know how to separate like, yes, this is an incredible job. Yes, it's a very incredible title and you'll be so well respected, but are you going to love what you're doing? I guess I also want to talk about like how to have more gratitude for our gifts and for our trials at the same time. I think gratitude is very underrated. And I think in times of, I guess, when we feel overwhelmed or when we feel down, it's when when we reflect on things that we can be grateful for. I think that kind of takes us out of that rut, takes us out of that moment of feeling despair. I think it's so beautiful. So what is it that you do to keep you steadfast on this journey and making sure that you're always grateful for whatever comes your way? You said it so beautifully when you're talking about intention, because I think that's such a key part of you know, understanding why we do things and what what we want to do. As an example, I think earlier I mentioned oftentimes the work that we're called to do or the work that we feel compelled to do might change. But I think what doesn't change is like being in service to Allah. And I think about too, you know, like Allah did not create the humans and the jinn, the angels except to serve him. And I think that's so true. But the ways in which we do that may look really, really different. And that's the part that we have to kind of find for ourselves. So I think we're all really striving for the same thing, but it manifests. And the way it manifests is based off of the second part of the question that you asked, which is our own gifts, our own trials, the way that we show up as individuals. So I love your kind of story about the podcast and reflecting on what is my intention with this? Because I think with anything that we're doing, we have to go back and take these steps of asking why, what's the next layer? Why? And then we keep asking this like five, six, seven times until we drill down to the core of like, what is driving me into this action? And I think when we do that, we become less attached to the outcomes. So whether it's through a podcast or through writing or through whatever it might be, when we drill down to the why, we can start to think about like the core of what we're trying to accomplish. And then come back up into the ways in which we do that. Because sometimes, you know, so often we start with a solution or we start with an idea of something that we think is cool or we, you know, we think X, Y, Z. And then when we drill down, we realize that, okay, this is the truth or at the core of what I'm doing and everything else is just kind of a manifestation of that. So I think that's one part of it and really beautifully reflected when you're talking about intention. And I think the gratitude piece stems out of that because for me, there are things that I can do that other people can't do. There are things that others, many things that other people can do that I could never do. And I think being grateful for the gifts that were given, part of that is to, you know, use those gifts in service to Allah. And I think about that a lot. And it's a different type of obligation. And we don't even have to think about it in terms of obligation, right? You know, we talked about earlier how sometimes we have these obligations to our families or communities. But I think about when we think about like using and being grateful for our gifts, to me, it's really how do I use that? How do I use all the privilege that I've been given, the fact of where I live, where I was born, my education? How do I use all these gifts in service to Allah? And I think that's where you start to align your why and your attention with your passion of what you're how you're carrying that out because you're recognizing your personal gifts your personal trials basically everything Allah has has given you to be able to lead in your own way and to me that is like the essence of or, or the manifestation of gratitude is in how you use those gifts. Thank you so much for that reminder. I think that's where I was trying to get at. And you said it so beautifully, Alex, about like not being attached to the outcome and not having such high expectations. Success isn't always how much money you can generate from whatever project you're working on or how famous you can become or anything like that, because I feel like that's what it is. It's it's these days, sometimes it's always like fame and money, but it's like, no, if you go back to your intention, if you continuously dissect the why and you build upon that why, I think that's what really keeps you going on, on this trajectory of like pursuing your passions, aligning your purpose with your passions. But if we continuously look at the outcome, we're never going to be happy because what is the final outcome? We're never going to always be satisfied with the final outcome. That's why they always say the journey is just so much more important than the destination. I think that's that's where all the lessons and, and really truly lies in the journey in itself because the destination, we're always just so underwhelmed these days with so many things. So that's why it's like, I'd rather not focus on the outcome, but just focus on the journey and where this is taking me and how I'm growing because 
of the passions that I'm pursuing, because of the work that I'm doing, because of the way that I'm I'm possibly serving my community. So I think it's it's beautiful to always reflect on that. And I'm really excited to talk about your project. I would love for you to share that with the rest of us. It's honestly so exciting to know that you do have something in the works and I would love to learn more about it, how we as a community can also help you uh, with this new journey of yours, inshallah. Thank you. Before I go dive into the project, I do want to say one thing to you, which is you mentioned earlier about, you know, part of your why in, in this podcast is, I think you, you said it, like helping that person who is feeling all these things, has all these questions, but hasn't been able to talk about it, hasn't been given space to like have that conversation. And I just remember one time we were, you know, having a conversation and uh, there was this woman who, uh, you know, neither of us had met before. And she was like, oh, Dunya, I, I listened to your podcast and it's just really changed my life. And, you know, she mentioned all these moments and episodes and it was amazing. And I just wanted to say that because like you've done the thing that you wanted to do, you know, and you've you've seen that. Thank and you, I think, And it's obviously so much more than this one person. But even if it's just one person, that is really, really meaningful. I think, you know, we should remember that. And um, I think that's really beautiful for the project that I'm thinking on. Uh, so I've been workshopping this idea in the past few months that's really kind of a stemmed out of everything that we've talked about today. You know, how do we align our passions with our purpose? How do we discover work and engage in activities that are, you know, in service to Allah, in service to our community and to ourselves? And I have been brainstorming ways of, you know, helping to guide people in this journey. I think for me, especially working in tech, but also just, you know, so many of my friends have this struggle where we can't really bring our full selves to work. And that's not just in, you know, not having a place to pray and not being able to, you know, say mashallah when, when we're in conversation, but it's, it's having this separation between, you know, my personal beliefs and, and what I'm doing. Because a lot of times we're working in companies where we're making products, we're um, engaging in things that are actually against what we believe and are not in line with our values. So I've been really thinking about ways to one, help people to first go through this exercise of understanding you know, what is my purpose? What is my personal vision for myself? And then two, to be able to find work that aligns with with that. And so it's right now working to put together a program that's in part, you know, helping people to go through this exercise of inner reform and then matching that with outer reform of how do we connect them with resources, opportunities? How do we help them to develop their ideas if they have, you know, entrepreneurial ideas to be able to make that happen? So that's something that I'm working on. It's still very new. We don't have, um, you know, every anything super fleshed out, but I really encourage people if they are interested, reach out to me. You can find me on social media, wherever it might be to, you know, let me know if you're interested in something like this. If you have feedback, if you, you know, have ideas or have gone through experiences that you would like to share with others that could be valuable. Right now, we're just really trying to think about ways to put together a program, put together community mentors to help people help guide people through this experience to really, you know, reflect on everything that we've talked about today. This is so needed, Alex. You don't know how much this is. Well, I think you do know how much this is needed because then you wouldn't start this project. But it is very needed. Even somebody like me who is, I guess, a well-seasoned, I guess, somebody who's been in the workforce for the longest since I was probably like 16, 17, like, I mean, more than half my life. I think it's really important because there's a lot of positions and career paths that I'm unaware of. I don't know much outside of accounting and what there is outside of that. But to be able to, like you said, so beautifully have this inner reform of yourself and try to like get to the deeper layers of who you are and what you want. How do you want to serve your community? What is it that you want to do? And how can we better align you with a career path that's going to better serve you and serve others at the same time? I think it's so incredible. I think like even just having that community support is very underrated. Just recently, I had somebody who I had a discussion with over the phone. She's incredible. She's just somebody that wanted to help me find a job. She's not a recruiter or anything like that. It's just like through mutual friends. I met her because she has a position that I feel is like so intriguing and whatnot. And she's like, let me look at your resume. I was like, no, my resume is good. It's perfect. She's like, let me look at it. And whoa, she had so much feedback for it. And I was like, she is so right. Like, honestly, here I am applying for certain positions, but my resume is screaming something else. It's like literally just like two opposite things. So for you to create this project, I think is really, really important, Alex, because it's going to help a lot of men and women. I don't know who it's more so geared towards, but it's just going to help our community. Like you said, to be able to better align our purpose, our passion, our work, everything 
everything. So everything can just be in such a beautiful harmony and all done for the sake of Allah. And I think a lot of times we do kind of not show up as our full selves in certain work environments. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not as welcomed or anything like that. And it's it's kind of sad and it really takes a toll on you, especially when I said in the very beginning, you're spending 40 plus hours at this place. So it's really important that we really take the time to choose our career paths. I know it's a privilege in itself to be able to do so, but to be able to have guidance from you and whoever it is that you're working on this project with, I think is going to be very, very beneficial to our community. And I'm really excited about it. And you did say for others to contact you if they did have feedback or any questions, but what is your social media handle? Would you prefer social media handle? Would you prefer email? Like how can they better reach you? Because I think this is something that we really, really need to all just collectively work on and help you out in the best way that we can as well. If anybody's listening and who is actually interested. Yeah, there's a couple of ways um, folks can find me on social. I'm at Alala Fox, A-L-A-L-A Fox. If people want to email me, um, you can also go to my website. It's alexandfox.com. And I think there's a, a contact form there. But one thing that I want to say that you just reminded me of as you were talking is, yes, I, I completely agree. I think there's so many ways in which we separate ourselves every day in our lives. And one thing that, you know, I think a lot of my friends, and myself for a long time, we felt like we had to be the ones adapting to the work culture or adapting our identities to fit kind of like, you know, whatever the the mainstream. But I actually feel like a lot of times these cultures should be adapting to us (laughs) because, because, you know, like as Muslims, our faith we have so many traditions of prophetic leadership, leading with compassion, leading with empathy. And I think instead of, you know, trying to grab onto all these new ways, we really have a lot of power in bringing these traditions to how we apply it in the modern day workplace. And I think that's something that's really missing and being able to reconcile that and reflect on all the ways that we can learn and apply, you know, prophetic teachings into our daily lives is something that can be actually really, really powerful. That reminded me of, I once read Elaine Walteroth's book and she said something very powerful and I absolutely loved it. She's like, you know, you're not going to always find yourself in a space that's going to accommodate you or align with you and your values. So she's like, you walk into that room and you kind of now shift their perspective. You be that change, that force that they have to reckon with so that they can change to better adapt to you. And I think it's really important. Even when we go into these interviews, something I learned recently, like it's not just them interviewing you. You should also, vice versa, you should be also interviewing this potential job or company and I think a lot of times we don't do that I think like we said like earlier it's like you take what you can but no I think we're now in a day and age where it's like no how can you align yourself with my values how can you better support my community especially when I come from a Muslim community like you mentioned all these beautiful things about our our community in itself so I think it's really important it takes a lot of courage I'm not gonna just act like oh you can easily just walk in a room and demand x y and z It, it takes a lot of preparation and but I think if we have a community and we have something like your beautiful project that you're working on, I think that gives us more oomph to kind of like walk into these rooms and say, hey, this is who I am and I'm not changing and I'm bringing my full self into into this company and into this position. So I think this conversation was much needed, Alex. I can't thank you enough for sitting down with me and for sharing your passions and for sharing your advice and for even just your new project that you're working on. And I only wish you so much success and so much ease on this new journey of yours, you know, with growth, comes realignment. And I think it's beautiful that we're always evolving. But I really, really want to thank you so much for all the work that you're doing, Alex. And I truly, truly appreciate you for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey with us. Mashallah. Thank you for such kind words. I feel the same. Thank you so much, Alex. Alex.